Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Kyle Pope, editor and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review. This week, the coverage of climate and whether media is doing better. It's a big week for climate news in general. There's the massive climate strike on Friday. There's the UN Climate Summit next week. A ton of bad news in the world about the degrading of the climate and the earth. There was a major new piece out today about this sort of astonishing drop in the size of the world's bird population, which has fallen by about 30%. So all of it represents a great opportunity for a journalist to do better when it comes to covering the climate. And you've probably heard by now that CJR and some partners have been trying to raise the level and the volume of climate coverage around the world. And that's what we're going to talk about. It's a bit of a departure for us because it's talking about ourselves. I'm very happy to be joined by our partner in this project, Mark Hertzgard, who's the environment correspondent for The Nation. The Nation is our partner in this project called Covering Climate Now, along with The Guardian, who is our lead media partner. Hello, Mark. Hey, Kyle. Good to be here. We're talking as if we haven't talked 300 times already today. <laughs> um, Got our radio voices on and everything. We do. Mark comes from a, you, you come from a broadcast family. Your dad was like a famous TV, uh, yeah. local TV person. So you have it in your genes. He started in the CBS system at WCCO and owned and operated affiliate in Minneapolis. And my brother actually worked there too. So it goes back a long ways in our family. Didn't know that. So you have actually been, I'm a newcomer to this climate story. You've been doing this for a very long time. You wrote a terrific book called Hot in, what was, when was that published? That came out in 2010. 2010. Yeah, that was the first book on how we deal with the climate impacts that are now already locked in, the so-called adaptation problem. The kids who are growing up now already are looking at a, you know, significantly altered climate. So... What are you, how do you assess the sort of media coverage of this story? As I said, you've been doing it for a while. I mean, we, we, you and I co-authored a piece on Monday in which we argued that maybe, just maybe, just maybe, things are getting a little bit better in terms of the press waking up to the size of the story. But, but give us a quick sort of walkthrough of the history of how media has covered the climate crisis. Yes, I have been covering climate change uh, all around the world since the early 90s and a lot of the U.S. And every time I would come back to the U.S., it was striking that the media coverage here compared to the big, you know, countries in Europe, let's say, uh, the U.S. media was at least 10 years behind. And there were two uh, reasons for saying that. One was that they weren't paying much attention to the climate story. There was a certain climate silence, what I call. And, uh, and then second, when they were doing the story, they were most of the time getting it wrong, sort of a false equivalence where they'd have on a typical talk show, they'd have a NASA scientist, climate scientist, on against a paid spokesperson for the fossil fuel industry and pretend that that was balance. And it was very strikingly different from what was going on, for example, in Europe at the time, where you could talk to you know, reporters there and they would say, you know, nobody in Europe, whether they're right wing or left wing or middle, nobody disputes the science of climate change. You know, you argue about uh, wh what do you do about it, who pays, how soon, etc. But the idea of disputing the science was unheard of. And that was, unfortunately, the tendency in so much of the U.S. media until very, very recently. So what would happen when you would talk to individual reporters and say, like, what are you doing? Like, this is ins insane. It's absurd. What was the response? Was it like, well, we couldn't find anybody else to do it, or we are worried that if we don't put that person on, we're going to be seen as 
being in the tank for the climate yeah, movement? I mean, or what was the response? Well, uh, the beat reporters, uh, of which there were not enough, but the, the environmental beat reporters, they were not taken in by this fossil fuel industry propaganda campaign. The problem was really up at the level of the editors, the producers, the top news decision makers inside of any organization, where they, because I think they didn't really know very much about climate change, they would say, oh, no, and, you know, we've got to be balanced about this. Mm -hmm. And the fundamental error, I think, in that regard was that the media in the U.S. was treating the, the climate story as a politics story rather than a science story. Yeah. And one very major news organization, I'm not going to say their name, but you would all instantly recognize them, one of the most powerful news organizations in the United States, uh, they once uh, told a reporter that he could not do a story going after the uh, Republicans on Capitol Hill who were in denial about climate science and who were blocking all of the climate uh, legislation proposed under the Obama administration. And uh, the reason that he couldn't this reporter could not do that story, according to his editors, was they said, well, would you do the same story about the Democrats? Mm -hmm. And the reporter said, well, no, but the Democrats aren't denying the science. And they said, well, no, that's not the point. If you're, if you're going to go after the Republicans, you have to be able to go after the Democrats. Well, that's a perfect example of you are treating a scientific fact, which is that the climate is warming because of human activity and needs to be fixed. You're, you know, pretending to, to uh, apply news judgments to it, but you're seeing it at, through a political lens. How do you assess things now in terms of the media media treatment of this? They, it seems to me it's still very political. I think it's getting better. And of course, as you well know, there is no one media treatment of this. You right. know, there is, I think in particular, the New York Times and the Washington Post in the last two or three years have started to put the, the coverage of climate on the front page. They're not as good as The Guardian, our, our partner with Covering Climate Now. You know, if you look at The Guardian, there's the gold standard of coverage. They not only have really solid reporting about it, but they're playing the story as big as it deserves. It is the biggest story of our time. It is the story within which every other news story takes place is the changing climate. CBS News has been a very enthusiastic partner in the Covering Climate Now collaboration. We just did the UN Secretary General interview with them earlier this week. But they would be the first to admit at CBS that they have a long ways to go on this. Yeah. It should be noted that Covering Climate Now was launched in April. Mark and I wrote a piece. We had a conference at Columbia. And then we sort of went out trying to get news organizations signed up for this thing. We, and we, we, I think we were enormously successful having signed up more than 300 organizations representing a billion people. But it should be noted that in the U.S., the only TV network that signed up was CBS. We've invited everyone, uh, all the biggest news organizations in the U.S. Many have also come to us, by the way. You know, so if we haven't, if you're listening to this and you'd like to be part of this, we're not leaving you out. We just haven't gotten around to, to inviting you. But we did invite uh, all, the, all the All networks. the big ones and all the major newspapers, too. Yeah. And I'm not going to name names, but you can look at our list at who's on there and you'll see who's not. It's the New York Times. They're not on there. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> the New York Times is not on there. The Wall Street <laughs> Journal is not on there. The Washington Post is not on there. And I think the LA Times is not on there. LA Times. And for a lot of those legacy organizations, they feel, and they've communicated this to us, uh, uh, that they don't want to be seen as joining something. This has a, a, an aroma to their minds, an aroma of activism. I think that's a fundamental 
misunderstanding of what journalism really is. Every journalistic broadcast or newspaper or online source has a certain emphasis. The stories that are getting the biggest play, that news outlet is saying, okay, we think these stories are the most important. That's all we're saying about climate change with Covering Climate Now is to treat this story as the uh, big story that it is. And that is based not on a political judgment. It's based on what the science says. Yeah, this whole argument about climate coverage equals activism, I've gotten increasingly frustrated by. I mean, to me, it's like journalism is about like changing stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, the people who the reporters who were covering the civil rights marches in the 1960s, they were covering it in part because they thought that what was happening in the segregated South was wrong and needed to be changed. The people who were covering Vietnam and saying like, you know, the, the, the numbers that are coming back from the government don't match the numbers of people that we see dying. That's wrong. I mean, look at Watergate. In the best moments of journalism have been about we see something wrong and it's the light of journalism and the light of coverage that's going to change it. And we are going to lean into that. And we now look back on those moments as some of the great moments in journalism history. We don't look back at them and say, um, Woodward and Bernstein were activists against Nixon. Most of us don't. And I just think that people need to think of cl- this, this climate story the same way. Like, this is the story, this is a monumental story that deserves all of our attention. And we just need to get away from this idea that, that just doing it is somehow a political act. Because if that's the case, then doing journalism is a political, political act. Well, and I would go a step further. That, that was a good speech. <laughs> I would go even a step further, though. Doing the climate story is no more political than not doing the climate story. And for the last 20 years, the U.S. media has not done the climate story. So don't call us political now unless you're willing to ex- accept that you were political in dodging this story for the last 20 years. Yeah. So let's say I'm a newsroom. I'm barely hanging on. I don't even have enough people to cover cops and courts and schools and everything that's really in sports. That's my bread and butter. And here you guys come and telling me, we got this climate story that's big and you don't have any sources on and you don't, there's no experts in your town. And what do we say to them to, to convince them that they can still do this even with the resources that they have? That's a really excellent and, and difficult question. You know, we've had a sort of a two-stage approach here is that the first thing we wanted to do with covering climate now was to increase the coverage. And I think we're doing that now with this week of special coverage. But then the second stage is to improve the coverage. And in both cases, uh, we're going to have to help newsrooms that, as you well know, are uh, you know dramatically understaffed, under-resourced. And so what we've done in the first stage of the project is to essentially make available free coverage, high-quality coverage, The Guardian and The Nation, where I'm the environment correspondent and El País, the big paper in Spain, and and Asahi Shimbun in Japan, they have all, and many others, offered free content to the rest of the outlets, the 300 outlets, uh, to kind of get people started and to show, okay, this is the kind of coverage that's out there. And we hope going forward that we can maintain some kind of of an arrangement like that, maybe not all free, because we think that journalism should not all be free. Journalism should be paid for. It's a a, a valuable public good. Um, But in addition, 
I think that as we go forward, we'll be able to show those newsrooms that covering climate does not mean that you need a new climate desk or a new climate reporter. It's more about teaching your existing reporters and editors and producers that there is a climate angle to every beat in your newsroom and just connect the dots. Sports and weather are two, especially weather, are two of the biggest climate stories uh, that there are. And we're very excited, as you know, to be working with the TV meteorologists across the country who are now beginning to speak out more about the the climate connection. So I think that there's a lot of of opportunity there that we're going to be exploring in the months ahead. So I mentioned that we, more you, have been going sort of door to door to these news organizations, talking to people, trying to overcome concerns that they have, helping them sort of think about this. We wrote a piece earlier this week about that. But did you have any, what, what else did you learn from those conversations that sort of surprised you? I think where covering climate now has been extremely helpful in a way that I hadn't anticipated was that we're helping the journalists inside of news outlet X, Y, or Z to win that argument now within Mm -hmm. their newsroom and to say, hey, look at all these news outlets that have joined this uh, project of the Columbia Journalism Review and the Nation. If CBS is in there and if uh, Bloomberg is in there and if Scientific American is in there, um, surely it's time for us to be in there as well. Yeah. And that has been happening. Um, We gave them cover. We gave them cover. Yeah. uh, Political cover, I guess, is a way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it is interesting. I mean, this is CJR has never done anything like this before. Nothing like this has ever been done by anybody before. That you actually try to organize a, a, a common collaboration among so many different outlets. You know, and as you know, collaboration is not necessarily an instinct on the part of journalists. Mm-hmm. But I think that, too, we've got to get past that, this idea that, oh, we're all in competition. That may have been fine in the past, but now with the collapse of the business model, where people don't feel like they have to pay for journalism and the revenues are declining, we as journalists have got to realize that the only way we can do justice to our mission of of finding out the truth and telling the people the truth is to collaborate with one another. We've got to get over our egos, because a lot of that competition was just about personal ego, like, oh, I had that story two minutes before you. The public does not care about that. And we have to get over it and realize, and I think this is one of the wonderful things about this week of coverage with Covering Climate Now, that collaboration is a lot of fun, actually, (laughs) and it dramatically increases your reach. So when we did this U.N. Secretary General interview, for example, it was me for The Nation and Mark Phillips for CBS News and Amanda Mars for El País, the Spanish paper. We had a blast. And we also reached a massively larger audience than any one of us would have reached on the own. And in fact, I think the only reason we got that interview with the U.N. Secretary General, who's like the head of state, is because we could say to them, this interview is not just going to be for CBS or El País. It's going to reach over 300 news organizations with a combined audience of over 1 billion people. That's why they gave us the interview in the first place. Yeah. So we we set this up because you know, we, when we when we came up with this idea, we feared that if we just went to news organizations and said do more, they'd say all right, fine, and that would be the end of it. So we kind of time you know constrained it and said just try it for for this for a week and see what happens. Right. That was intentional because it it made it, the thing seem manageable, and I think I think the response has been amazing. So what happens though after this week? 
Yeah, this week, uh, you know, the, the big story is going to be on Monday, the, the 23rd, with the actual UN Climate Action Summit. And uh, frankly, I suspect that most of our participating outlets are going to continue to, to cover the story. You don't stop. Once you get into the story and you realize mm-hmm. how big it is and how important it is, mm-hmm. no self-respecting journalist is going to stop doing that Yeah, but but just to pause, I mean, I I have had that experience personally. As you say, as I I noted, I I wasn't nearly as deep as this as you were. So when we started this, I really made an effort to go out and read what Mm -hmm. other people had written. And and it becomes very all-encompassing. It becomes hard to see stories through any other prism. And like I mentioned this bird story, which I got an alert on my phone. Now my mindset is like, well, that's the most important story of the day. Like, I don't care what's going on in Iran or with Trump or whatever. That that bird story. And it, so it, it does sort of change your worldview once you get into it. It's not just the reporters whose worldview is going to change. It's also the managers. Mm-hmm. And I also think they're going to see that the audience is much more interested than they believe the audience is. They're going to keep covering this. As far as covering climate now, what specifically we will do we're going to take stock of what this week uh, was, and we're going to ask all of our participating outlets, okay, how did you do? And and what do you think the uh, focus of this collaboration should be going forward? Because as you know, Kyle, we're not going to sit here in New York City and tell people across the country and around the world, other newsrooms, this is how you need to cover the story. We've never done that with Covering Climate Now. It's a completely open tent, but I think we can talk within the collaboration of how do we uh, cooperate better, how do we do better coverage. Now that we've increased the coverage, it's time to improve the coverage. And uh, what is the next common project we can do? And surely uh, one of the obvious uh, you know, possibilities there is to recognize that the upcoming presidential election, the 2020 presidential election, is a de facto climate change election. Uh, you know, the it will for one thing, it will decide whether the United States actually does leave the Paris Agreement, which Trump keeps saying he wants us to do. But in fact, he cannot legally do, the United States cannot legally leave the Paris Agreement until one day after the 2020 presidential election, which <laughs> falls on November 3rd of next year. So whichever president, uh, whoever becomes president, will have that decision. Obviously, if it's Trump, he'll then have the legal power to take U.S. out of Paris. Um, But if it's one of the Democrats, I'm quite confident that they will keep the U.S. in Paris. And so one of the things I think that that the coverage needs to make clear, again, without being activists, this is just factual, that uh, the next president will decide whether the U.S. does, in reality, stay inside the Paris Agreement. Yeah. Mark, it's been fun working with you on this. I couldn't agree more, Kyle. By the way, if you're a news organization that isn't part of Covering Climate Now but wants to be, there's still room for you. Um, email us at coveringclimatenow at cjr.org. One of us will get back to you. So you can read all about Covering Climate Now on cjr.org, and there's a special webpage called coveringclimatenow.org, which is part of our project. And there you can see a lot of the pieces that people have written, including pieces that we've written, um, and some background, as well as a list of all of the partners of the project. So check that out. If you don't receive our daily newsletter called The Media Today, you should do that. That's a CJR project that you can register via our website at cjr.org. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.